Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with uh, myself, Bob, and Neil, and John, and Roger going all prodigal on us this week. Look forward to having him back next week. Guys, how you doing? Very good, Great, thanks, Bob. Bob. Yeah, good. How's Thanksgiving, by the way? Loved Very good. It. Yeah. Loved it. And how Load about up. the Lions? How about those Detroit Lions? Uh, Come on. You know what? Wow. What happened? You're going to do yeah. that, aren't you? You're going to do that, Neil. <laughs> This was, we were like, okay, there's no way the Lions don't beat Green Bay, right? We're thinking that's, that's, right. that's going to happen yeah. for sure. And somehow, some way, we managed to, as usual, uh, Daniel wins and the Lions lose. So <laughs> that's, that's okay. Exactly. And I'm still reeling from my Buckeyes. I, I live in Michigan, but I'm, I'm from Columbus, Ohio originally. So I still got Buckeye, mm. Ohio State Buckeye blood running through me. And they All lost right. to Michigan now third You're year. You're one hurting so. dude right now. Oh, man, I'm feeling it. I know you guys, I've been hearing you guys are going to get a lot of snow up in northern New York as well. So, Oh, we've gotten hit already, especially Have just you? south of Buffalo where the Bills play. They got over a foot. Oh, wow. Uh, and there's wow. more to come. I've got about two inches outside the house right now, but I live just north of Buffalo and it's uh -huh. not the snow belt, so it's not as bad here. Yeah. It's so wow. funny. See, now, uh, you and me in Michigan and John in Colorado, we can get three feet of snow and we might slow down maybe 10% in our driving. You let Roger get a, a dusting of snow and I'll bet you he's driving <laughs> 10 miles an hour. Okay. I know. He's, he's calling Uber. They're not driving. He's done. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Calling Uber. Uh, all right. So look, this podcast, folks, we're going to talk about school. We're going to talk about public education versus homeschooling. Uh, Randy Weingarten, the uh, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, who a couple weeks ago tweeted, what's behind the increase in homeschooling? Are you that clueless, really? But we're going to talk about that and what's going on in the public schools. What should Christian parents do? Do you allow your children to go in public schools anymore? I, I say no. I, I just, I cannot see it. I can't justify, but we're going to dive into a lot of this and the whole homeschooling debate as well. And so many things to discuss as we get into this podcast. As you listen to this podcast, we want to remind you, uh, we have sponsors. We want you to support our sponsors. And Neil, of course, one of them is Wilson Financial. And they have just done so much to help our listeners get their financial houses in order. Yeah, and Dennis Wilson is a personal friend of Roger Marsh and the Crawford Media Group and, you know, loves Christian radio, knows about the importance of investing wisely in our children and their education. So he's going to be somebody who's very interested in our conversation today, as many of our listeners will be. But as much as we invest in our children's education and, you know, their upbringing, we need to care about what we leave them as a legacy. I mean, what are we going to leave our kids behind? And even a casual observer knows that we're in some pretty uncertain economic times. Uh, the financial markets are up at times and they're down at others, sometimes because of failed government policies and sometimes because of who knows, knows why exactly. But Dennis is a big advocate of personal responsibility and wise financial stewardship at all times. So as you're planning for the future, which none of us can see, 
it's comforting to know that Dennis has the ability, plus 50 years of experience, to help you manage your assets and investments like a wise steward should. What happens in retirement? What happens when you pass? Well, Dennis can show you many alternative investment opportunities um, that you're going to really want to know about, one of which includes a 13% guaranteed return. You need to call him and ask him about it. You really owe it to yourself to check with Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial. 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. He's a great yeah. asset, by the way, right. supporting uh, uh, NCR and uh, Christian Radio in general. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, and so as we talk about schooling, first thing, we're going to get into a larger discussion about Christians and public schools and homeschooling in general. But first, we're going to talk about Randy Weingarten. You talk about the 2023 Clueless Award going to the president of the American Federation of Teachers. By the way, what in the world? Here's the state of, of education in this country today. We have Miguel Cordona, who is the Secretary of Education, who is uneducated about actual presidential history. I don't know if you guys know this, but Ronald Reagan, one of his most famous quotes as president, actually one of the most famous presidential quotes of all time, came from Ronald Reagan when he said, uh, the nine most dangerous words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. All right. It's a great line, a great quip. And so uh, here's the, the uh, Secretary of Education who is speaking to governors at this conference over the weekend and is trying to convince them to utilize more government involvement in the public schools. Hey, we can provide technical assistance. In other words, let the government get more involved in the public schools. And then he actually said to try to bolster his position that the government can be more of a benefit to the schools. He actually cited Ronald Reagan going, yeah, I think it was uh, President Reagan who said, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Okay. He, wasn't, he was actually claiming that Ronald Reagan would have his back in this as though Ronald Reagan was saying the government is a good thing. And I'm thinking to myself, there's one of two options, either option A, the Secretary of Education is actually clueless and uneducated about one of the most famous presidential lines in history, or option B, he's deliberately lying through his teeth. He knows full well what Ronald Reagan meant by that and just decided, well, I'm going to play on people's ignorance and just use this dishonesty to try to give uh, Ronald Reagan credibility to my liberal Democrat idea. So I'm just like, wow, this is a state of education, which then brings us to the president of the nation of the American Federation of Teachers, the largest teachers union in the country. And she actually tweeted, by the way, this open lesbian who's hardcore liberal left-wing Marxist, she actually tweeted or X'd last week, quote, what's behind the increase in homeschooling? And I, I think to myself, you, I, first of all, uh, John, let me toss this to you. You've got somebody, you've got somebody who was very instrumental in the shutting down of the schools and uh -huh. kicking ki and putting kids behind as far as their education goes because of this covid stuff and then traumatizing them psychologically with forced mask wearing and sitting in little plexiglass cubicles add to that scrambling our kids brains with critical race theory diversity equity inclusion programs gender confusing our kids with drag queens in kindergarten uh other you know homoerotic porn shown to the kids with in books like gender queer the whole lgbt agenda teaching parents to keep secrets 
teaching kids to keep secrets from their parents with the teachers, especially about gender transitioning, and the whole Marxist-leftist agenda, evolution is a proven fact on down the line. John, I, I just it's one of those jaw-dropping things. How can anybody live that much in a bubble that the the head of the American Federation of Teachers is that clueless to why so many parents are saying, I'm looking toward homeschooling? You have to wonder, is it, you know, really, are they that clueless? I mean, I, guys, I just have a hard time believing they're that clueless. Although, when you get that ingrained into a philosophy of life, you put on these blinders and really forget about everything else going on outside. And of course, you know, to your point, Bob, I've called public schools this for years. They are public indoctrination camps. Right, they are. And I know we're going to get into this, but I don't have any idea how anyone, Christian or not, could send their kids there knowing that literally you're sending your kids off to be indoctrinated with all of the things, Bob, you just said a moment ago. And to tie back into Wilson Financial a moment ago, by the way, guys, we're doing the opposite of teaching our kids when it comes to finances and how to prepare for life on down the road, how to balance your checkbook even. I mean, the reality is you, you, you know, not only have to have Wilson because most kids today aren't being taught those things, but it's even more prevalent today because to your point, Bob, we as a society, and this is a whole nother conversation, whether we have time today to get into this or not, I don't know, but you know, is it really society's responsibility to educate kids anyways, or is it their parents' obligation? I feel like it's the parents' obligation. I don't know why we fund it so much with tax dollars in the first place. I know that's an argument that we could get into and maybe a whole nother podcast, Bob, that we could do down the road, because frankly, I don't feel like we should fund it to the point that we do. I mean, in Colorado, I don't know what it's like for you guys where you're at. In, uh, in Detroit and, and where Neil and Roger are at. Uh, but in Colorado, about 70%, 75% of our property taxes go to fund public education. It's a huge number. Mm -hmm. And yet all they complain about is not having enough money. I know, I know. And by the way, you bring up a very good point because all of the things, John, that I was saying that our, our kids are having their brains scrambled with, the economic part of this is absolutely true too because our kids are being taught to have to look at economies through a Marxist view of collectivism, right. government dependency, right. entitlement programs. Uh, you don't right. have to earn. You don't have to work for your dollar. You can just live off the government. No, it, it's, it's owed to me. In fact, everybody is yeah. a winner. We all get a prize. We all get a ribbon. Mm -hmm. there, there is no such thing as, in fact, they'll tell you capitalism is bad. That's a bad thing. Right. And you, know, you shouldn't buy into that. So let's just make sure that everybody's equal, which again, another podcast. No, we're not mm -hmm. all equal, nor, nor should we be equal. God didn't create us equal. Yes, we're equal under the law. But outside of that, guys, we're not equal. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to get, Neil, your take on this in just a moment uh, as we continue this discussion. But as we do, uh, I do want to ask everybody in the audience right now, you know, Thanksgiving's behind us. We got Christmas coming up. And there are a lot of people on your gift list. I understand that. I'm going to ask everybody right now if you would prayerfully add to your gift list uh, saving some babies' lives through preborn. I mean, I cannot think of a better gift you can give other than salvation through Jesus Christ. I can't think of a better gift than saving somebody's life. And that's what you do when you give to preborn. Preborn shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers around the country. And those moms choose life almost all the time. By the way, they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So what I need you folks in the audience to do, what we are asking you to do is to pay for these ultrasound images. 
plain and simple. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. I'm asking you to pray about a number. How many babies' lives will you be willing to save? Take $28 times fill in the blank, and whatever that number is, maybe that God lays on your heart, that's your one-time gift to preborn. Might be a nice tax write-off for you this year, too. What do you say? And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. And to sweeten the deal, we've got an anonymous donor who's agreed to match dollar for dollar anything that you folks give in this audience. So think about that. $28 now saves two babies' lives. Pray about a number and then go online right now and give, if you would, to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. Or just give them a call. They answer 24-7, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. As we talk about our kids and protecting our kids, obviously we want to save their lives, but once the kids are of education age, we don't want their brains scrambled with all this kind of left-wing stuff. So first, Neil, I'm just kind of curious to get your take. Before we get into a bigger discussion of homeschooling versus public education and such, how clueless can can the top leaders in American education be when you've got the Secretary of Education that is uneducated about one of the most famous famous presidential quotes that there are, and the president of the American Federation of Teachers, who lives in such a bubble, she's confused why so many parents would be saying, I'm pulling my kids out of public schools. Yeah, it's it's astounding. It's shocking. It's troubling. Um, I don't really know what to make of it, except uh, that we live in a very dark time. And, and for, you know, just based on some of your initial thoughts, both of you, you guys kind of left a smorgasbord of things that we could talk about. And John, you were right. Some of them probably would, you know, require us to focus an entire podcast on them. But just a couple things. Uh, I'm I'm kind of a yeah, but or a never, never, never say never kind of guy. So like John, when you said there's no reason why a Christian parent should ever, ever, ever send a kid to a public school. I'm just just one example that came to mind immediately while you're talking. I'm thinking about the single mom. Uh, you know, she's making $13 an hour working as a church secretary or who knows, maybe a Christian radio station. They don't offer merit raises. There's no cost of living raise. She's, she's scraping every penny together just to support her family. And she's got some kids and needs to have them educated. She can't stay home because she's got to work. She's a single mom. So she has no choice except to pray and trust God and say, Lord, help me to raise these kids in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. And I'm very concerned about what's going on in the public schools. By the way, I think we all should be very concerned. I, I think that all of these, all the issues that you raise, Bob, are things that Christians really need well, to and really look really at. Quick, really quick, Neil, I want to jump in because in our area, I don't know what it's like about in your guys' area. But I know where I've you're going with this, John. It's everywhere. Go ahead. I've, and, I've, and I've participated in some of these in the mm-hmm. past. There are scholarships for folks like her at a lot of Christian schools. If that's, that's something right. she chose to do, Neil, there are options for even sure. the example you just and there's homeschool And there's homeschool networks. There's parents who run homeschool networks, community you. networks, where you can plug into those homeschool networks for practically nothing in many cases totally for free yeah i I know but i don't think it's completely black and white another i mean i do i do good good i don't so who i'm that guy all right (laughs) i know okay but here's and here's and here's how you have to look at it neil i mean if i was if i was talking to that single mother i would be you know asking her how do you want your kids to turn out? I know you're struggling. I know you're in a situation where maybe you don't have any merit-based increases in pay and so on, but the reality is there's always a way 
to make this happen. These are the lives of your kids that we're talking I about. I get it, And I John, personally I get it. would want to invest more in that than just saying, okay. nope, got to send them to public school. I'm sorry. Well, winning an argument about whether John and Bob are right and Neil is wrong, I don't think is the most important thing we can accomplish today. I think the bottom line is... Well, the is audience that, already knows that, uh, uh, of course. that, that Neil, anytime yes, you're at odds with much, us, then you're wrong, we're <laughs> pretty right. Much I mean, the audience here. already knows. <laughs> okay, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I mean, I am not saying that this isn't an important issue, and I'm not saying that all Christian parents should send their kids to school so that they can be the salt and light of the earth. I mean, that's an argument that we hear as well. I'm not sure that's the smartest thing. Uh, you know your kids, and I think nobody knows kids better than parents know kids. And, you know, if if we're always just supposed to do the thing that seems to make sense to to whoever, you know, shouts the loudest, then what was Jesus doing in Samaria, Samaria talking to the woman at the well? Like, why did Jesus break all customs? Why was he doing, why was he talking to a woman in the middle of the day? Like, because Jesus is Jesus and he had a different plan. Yeah, he was he had, Christ, not your 10-year-old. That's right. I, Jesus yeah, okay, wasn't sending on. us a six-year-old to go read we have a, a homoerotic porn in books like Genderqueer. Okay, but the kids can see that on the bus on the way to Christian school as well. Okay, but don't give them six hours of it away from mom and dad and then keep it a secret from mom and dad. What I mean, I'm Jesus saying here also is, said that, that if you defile one of these kids, better to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the depths of the sea. And that's what okay. they're doing to these kids, and, and parents are letting it okay. happen. Okay, okay. well, yes. Okay, so let's, let's just pat all Christian parents on the back who keep their kids in homeschool or uh, send them to Christian school. But don't read the Bible with their kids, don't live the Bible in front of their kids, don't evangelize their neighbors, don't love their neighbors. And so these parents, uh, you know, may be all caught up in fantasy football or DraftKings betting on sports games and stuff, don't take their kids to church on Sunday, would rather play golf with their friends, and are not living the Christian life, but feel like they're, you know, they're outsourcing their responsibility as Christian parents to instill a biblical worldview by sending their kids to some Christian homeschool co-op which is not a bad thing those things are great but i mean let's let's share the other side of the coin here just simply saying i'm not sending my kids to to, to public school doesn't mean you've done your job as a christian parent well nobody says that that's 100 percent of everything you have to do i'm i'm yeah, not I'm making not, that, I'm not arguing that Neil. You, you you as a parent and believe me i've been a parent for still a parent i mean you don't ever stop by the way as we all know the sure. reality is you're, you're right neil you've got to be just as involved i mean Raising kids is a large task. There's no manual that comes with it other than scripture itself. And you've got to be extremely involved on a daily basis. But my philosophy always was, I don't want to reprogram my kid when he comes home from school at night. I want right. to be, I want him being taught the same values. You won't even know to pre-program and that's the problem. Mom and dad don't even find out where he's got to be reprogrammed because uh, Junior's keeping that to himself usually. You're talking about it with his friends, but he's not telling mom and dad, hey, by the way, I'm gender confused now because they don't want to break mom and dad's heart and they're afraid mom's going to freak out. So they keep right. it to themselves or talk to their friends. So mom and dad don't even know. What, what's happening when their kids are being influenced and having their worldview shaped by somebody else, a total stranger, for six hours a day? Let Not to mention say, the little girls that are being exposed to naked men in the bathroom, locker rooms, and showers, right? being exposed to that kind of imagery. Uh, you know, we, we would be calling the police if, if one of our neighbors showed naked images, uh, flashed a 10-year-old girl, we'd be calling the police on that guy and praying the Lord would give us the strength not to beat him to a pulp in the street. Yet a 10-year-old girl is being exposed to the very same imagery at schools right now.
And, par- well, and I just don't horrific. think they ought to be exposed. It's horrific. But John and I can both tell you, and I know this because John and I have discussed it many times, that you know, simply growing up in an antiseptic environment doesn't mean your kids are going to turn out okay. How many, how many times have you have you heard a Christian Good parent point. say, "We did homeschooling. You know, we uh, mm-hmm. we went to church every Sunday. We were there on Wednesday for youth group. We did vacation Bible school and sent our kids to Christian camp, and we did devotions and the whole thing. And my child just came out as gay." And there are no guarantees. And by the way, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them was Judas. Did he mess up Judas? What happened there? Did Jesus make a mistake? Like, we have our own mind and our own will, and eventually our kids, and Dr. Dobson Dobson talks about this a lot. Ultimately, you know, a parent can only do the best that a parent can do, and I think all parents can do better. The recent Barna study said 9% of people that identify as Christian parents, 9%, and I know you can be skeptical about Barna studies and everything, 9% 9% said it's even a, the, their own job to instill a worldview. What I mean is they're not even sure if it's their ultimate responsibility to be the ones who instill a worldview. What? Parents? No, have, I know. I know. It's, okay, so then, like, simply saying no p- private, no, I'm sorry, no uh, public education, and we've done our job as Christian parents because we firmly agreed with Bob and John. I'm picking on you guys. Well, now, I, but, I, I just, I know. <laughs> Neil, I just got to say, though, If I were making the argument, and if John were making the argument, that, hey, all you need to do is homeschool your kids, and then you're guaranteed your kids are going to stay with the Lord, and they're going to be... But we're not making that. We're not making that claim. We're not making that argument. What we're making the argument is, you don't send your kids into the cesspool of what today's public schools are. That doesn't mean pulling them out of the public schools fixes everything. I'm I'm certainly not making that claim. we got a lot more work to do. But step one is pull them out of the cesspool of garbage that's scrambling their brains right now. We have, and, uh, and I guess that's 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 what I'm saying. Actually, Neil, hang on just a second if you would. Sure. I want to get your, your take on that too. But John, I want to toss this over to you very quickly. One of the areas, we're taught about basically fighting for yes. what's yes. right. I mean, that's really what it is. We've got, as Christians, we have to be willing to fight. And I know that's something all of us agree on. We can't stick our heads in the sand. We got to fight. And that's one of the reasons we're so appreciative of organizations like ADF Alliance Defending Freedom, because they are out there fighting they on are. the front lines that's for right. Christian families. That's right. Yeah, they're doing that for Christian families, Christian businesses, especially. I know I say it a lot, guys, but you guys that are in business, you really need to be giving and participating you may find your business, Christian or not, at some point in time being the focus of one of these attacks. And to your point, Bob, we've got to continue to fight back. They're doing it for us. They do all this pro bono. They do it because of donations that folks like us give on a regular basis. So for those of you, please give today. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the ADF button. Absolutely. So, Neil, uh, what, you, what you were going to say about that, we were discussing the, the pulling the kids out of public schools. And, and I want to make sure and stress, nobody is claiming that pull them out of the public schools and everything is fixed and mom and dad don't have any any work to do on their own. No, of course they do. But I, I just, to me, step one is we should not be having our kids exposed to this kind of garbage that the public schools are basically spewing today. I might give you that it's step two. I think step one is that parents need to be careful to understand that they need to live this stuff in front of their children on a daily basis. And kids need to see that mom and dad believe what mom and dad say is really important because if they're just going to pull the kids out of school but they're not really living it behind the scenes, kids smell right through that and they see the the inconsistency and the hypocrisy and in the end want nothing to do with it. I mean, I grew up in a very narrow environment and, and all the kids that were with me in that environment just wanted to find out what was on the other side of the barn door. And once the barn door was open, a lot of them were gone. 
Some came back. You know, we kind of have seen that thing before. But some of the most dynamic Christians I know didn't grow up in Christian homes or Christian environments or attend Christian schools. They came to faith in Christ, and it was such a radical conversion because they were experiencing things about God that they never knew existed because they grew up in the world. They grew up in darkness. So I'm just saying that with God, all things are possible. I think that a kid can go to a public. In fact, we have a woman on staff at WDCX. She's been there 30 years, and her husband's a principal in a public school. Her kids attend the public school where her husband's the principal. I think there are times where people can be present. You know, maybe maybe their mom or dad is a teacher at the public school. Maybe you're on the school board. I don't know. But I think that there are times when you can prayerfully, lovingly hear from God and understand that God's call is to put your kid in that public school. And I don't. I wouldn't demonize somebody who arrives at that conclusion. Is it a dangerous situation? Heck yeah. And do we need to be extremely careful? Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with the problems you guys have pointed out. I just can't like never say never kind of thing. Uh, and, and homeschooling has turned out great for some people. Christian schools has turned out great for some and been a tragedy for others. I mean, I can tell you about kids who got pregnant at Christian school or suffered sexual abuse at the hands of a teacher in a public school. I mean, it, it and in a Christian school. So I'm just saying, I don't want to just sort of blindly say, well, listen, uh, Neil, Bob, and John today, uh, unfortunately, Roger couldn't be with us, are going to issue a decree and tell you just, you know, do these things and everything will turn out right. I, I want to do it with a lot more fear and Nobody's trembling and humility though. and humility. No. So we're, we're not saying everything's going to turn out right, okay? And, and by the way, Neil, I would never say that uh, there's not going to ever be problems with homeschooling or with, uh, or with Christian schools. I, I know that. But what is the alternative? is the alternative to say, well, then fine, we'll just leave our kids in public schools. I just don't think that that ought to be the alternative. You're, you're, what, what we're talking about here basically is choosing between one imperfect system versus another imperfect system. Which system, if you want to call it lesser of the evils or whatever, but which imperfect system has the most imperfections to them? And I would argue public schools have the most imperfections in them and they're glaring imperfections uh, as far as what happens to our kids. And so that's the reason I'm saying get them out of there, okay? That doesn't mean you're moving them, transferring them to yeah. a perfect system, but at least it's a system that is better than what's happening with these kids in the schools right now. Listen, I'm trying. I'm just trying to keep this conversation reasonable. And, and let me just say, uh, you know, the, the, the lie that transformed humanity, uh, the, the serpent deceiving Adam and Eve in the garden, right? It wasn't like a blatant, ridiculous, insane lie. It was it was this twisting of, of a sentence. It was it was it's adding one word. You will surely not die, right? I mean, do you really think you're gonna die? God said you'd die, but I'm gonna tell you you will not die. One word. And and all I don't think things have to be as ridiculous and blatant as they're going on in the public schools for people to be totally deceived and lost. And so I think we just have to be careful because we can get real passive and real comfortable real quick to just think that, well, you know, the youth pastor is educating my kids for the things of God. I'll go play golf. It doesn't really matter. And that kind of complacency can be just as damaging is what I'm saying. So you're, right. you're not wrong. Public schools are bad in many ways, but I, I want to see the other side of the coin on this one. I think it's important too. Now, in the second half, we are going to talk more about this, including a broader discussion on homeschooling itself. And so we got a lot more to get to in the second half. We also want to ask everybody, if you haven't given a preborn yet, please do that now. Remember, you're paying for ultrasound images uh, so that preborn can show these images to moms who are pregnant. And those moms usually choose life when they see a picture of their baby. They usually end up accepting the Lord too. So $28 is the average ultrasound expense 
to save one baby's life. How many babies' lives will you save? Hey, we're coming up on the end of the year. Maybe you're looking for a nice tax write-off. Maybe it's just something you want to give as a nice Christmas gift to say, hey, we're going to save 10 babies' lives, 20 babies' lives, 100 babies' lives, whatever you can afford. Take $28 times fill-in-the-blank. Whatever number you put in that fill-in-the-blank, that's the number of lives that you're going to save, the number of abortions you're going to stop. It's $28 per baby's life that you save. And there's an anonymous donor who's agreed to match dollar for dollar everything you folks in our audience give. So now you're talking about two babies for every $28. So will you give right now? By the way, we need some heavy hitters willing to buy ultrasound machines. They're 15 grand a piece, and your legacy will be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. And so, and by the way, that'd be two ultrasound machines now with the matched donor. So go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Need everybody to do that right now. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Or you can call them on the phone, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, okay? 833-850-BABY. Second half coming up next. Don't forget you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And we'll dive into the second half next. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Neil Boron. Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We look forward to having Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line out of California back with us next week as we talk all things schooling. We spent the first half of the podcast talking about the public schools and the problems in the public schools and how important that we believe it is that certainly parents need to be involved. We all agree on that. Uh, John and I feel pretty strongly that that's it. The public schools are just too much of a danger zone minefield for our kids. It's just not a healthy place for kids. I don't want my kids going into that dangerous environment at all. All right. Uh, And Neil, of course, I know, Neil, you recognize all the problems that are going on in public schools too. But Neil bringing up some very good and fair points that, hey, let's not just think pulling your kids out of public schools is suddenly going to fix everything. It's not. There's problems other places as well. But uh, I do believe that's a good first start. So what about homeschooling, guys? Now, my wife and I have had seven children. All seven children have been homeschooled. As a matter of fact, the youngest of our children, my 17-year-old, is is in his uh, senior year in homeschooling. And so he's the last one that we have. My kids have never spent one day in public schools. We made this decision, guys, over 30 years ago when homeschooling was not nearly as prevalent as it is now. And they weren't gender-confusing children with drag queens in public schools 30 years ago. And we still weren't comfortable having our kids in the public schools. So to me, I think this has been a great thing. I think it's been a blessing. And uh, another thing that's really huge, and Neil, I'd love to get your take on this also, especially as a pastor. You know, Neil, you've seen the polling data of young people that are raised in Christian homes and end up walking away from the Lord. Uh, We know these numbers are hugely scary, usually somewhere between 70 and 90%, most of the polls show, of kids that are raised in Christian homes that end up going prodigal by the time they get to college age. So bridging that gap in their faith, we all know as parents is critical. Uh, I was reading a poll. This was several years ago, so I don't know how updated it is, but this was probably close to 10 years ago. Uh, A survey was taken of kids 
who walked away from the faith when they got to be teenagers and young 20-somethings, all right? Uh, For those that were raised in Christian homes, those that were in public schools, the percentage was in the neighborhood of the mid-70s that ended up walking away from the faith. For those in Christian schools, it was lower. It was somewhere in the 50s to 60s percent, okay? Those that were homeschooled, this particular poll, it was 6%. Uh, And so it does seem to me when mom and dad are having that kind of daily influence with their kids, even just the connectedness, you're transferring your worldview to the kids. uh, It seems statistically that you dramatically increase the odds that that child is not going to grow up to be a prodigal son or daughter. And that to me right there is probably the number one biggest reason why we have chosen to homeschool and continue doing so. But I want to toss this to you, Neil, to get not only your perspective as a talk show host, but also as a pastor on, on what I'm saying here about homeschooling. Yeah, well, even as a pastor and a parent, I mean, we, and just, you know, we did all three. There were periods of time, especially early on, where we homeschooled our kids. And then around the age of fourth grade, put them into Christian school. And at the age of eighth grade, decided what we were going to do. The first two we sent off to uh, public school, feeling that you know we knew who their friends were, etc. Um, my my youngest son, who today is thirty, but you know when he got to the age of high school, we realized he hadn't really played public sports very much. I mean, he he, he didn't like baseball and didn't really get into soccer or basketball till he got to middle school. So his whole entire world was built around you know he K through whatever, sorry, uh, fourth grade through whatever was completely connected to. Um, to the Christian school and we decided to leave him there. And he still resents that today. He wanted to play football at the public school. But uh, all of that to say, and I'll just be brief, but my, you know, if I could do it all over again, I think I might have chosen differently, um, particularly with my middle son, who today is my producer at WDCX. Um, mm-hmm. We sent him to public school and he thrived there for a while, but then got caught up in a crazy crowd, eventually got addicted to drugs, uh, was seriously addicted to opiates and on the verge of using heroin when he came to his senses uh, about a year after graduation. And God got a hold of his heart. He was radically transformed. He had made a profession of faith as a little guy, um, but as a young adult, uh, believes that's when he officially came to faith in Christ. He was baptized for a second time at that point because he had been baptized uh, as a teenager, a younger teen. And he's dynamically walking with the Lord today. So, I mean, in one sense, we grieve that we sent him to public school where he got caught up in drug addiction and it nearly cost him his life, but he's radically sold out to serving Jesus today. So go figure, like we can take mm. no credit for that. That was the grace of God at work in his life. Sure. Um, uh, you know, we we understand something about the homeschool community because we were part of it. And, and we, I think we saw good things and we saw things that kind of troubled us a little bit. But either way, uh, I think what it comes down to is is uh, the value of parents spending one-on-one time with their kids. And I it can be formal, like in a homeschooling setting, but I, I think it ought to be just natural. It ought to be something that comes natural. And you can I can almost spot a homeschool kid or somebody who spent a lot of time with their parents because they're advanced in their ability to talk and reason and have right. conversation. They're young kids that have spent a lot of time around adults, hearing adult wisdom and adult reasoning and so forth. And a kid that's been left in front of YouTube all day long you can spot them too and and i i just think that as we need we need the wisdom and grace of god to understand how best to approach all of this no question homeschooling can be a great asset but it's not readily available for everyone like i mentioned the single mom there's no single moms really doing homeschooling Uh, and the other one other thing i want to say 
there's all different kinds of homeschooling. You know, there's the co-op thing that you mentioned. There's the one-on-one sitting down. My, my wife taught all of our kids to read using phonics. Uh, so I, and they're all good readers. They all did well in school. Um, so praise God for my wife, Mary. She was an incredible, you know, influence in helping our kids learn how to read. But there's also the, you know, kind of learn online kind of thing. And a parent who's not fully engaged can sort of say, hey, go do your homework. Go do your school. Go, go. You go. You got to go do school. And if you're not personally involved with them, I still think you're setting yourself up for problems. So per parental involvement matters. You're obviously going to get more of it through homeschooling. So I think that's a tremendous asset. I guess I right. could say more, but I'll leave it at that right now. Sure. Well, and John, in just a minute, I want to get your take on on homeschooling and and what Neil's talking about as well. As we continue through this podcast, so we do want to remind you folks that uh, we are sponsored and we ask you to support our sponsors. One of them, of course, you hear about all the time is Preborn. And I don't know what your legacy is going to be as far as the amount of abortions you stop. But I think this is something we can all agree on. If, if we can stop abortions, we need to try to do that. And you know one of the easiest ways to stop abortion? Pay for ultrasound images for preborn to show to expectant moms. Because those moms choose life in pro-life centers almost all the time when they see that first ever picture of their baby. They usually end up accepting the Lord too. So how much does it cost? $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. We're asking you to pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Uh, whatever ever number you put in there, it's if it's 10 babies, that's $280. If it's 100 babies, it's $2,800. I don't know what you can afford, but we're going into the Christmas season, certainly. And what a great Christmas gift to save some babies' lives and bring those moms to the Lord. So will you pray about a number and then donate right now? Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on Preborn. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. You can also give over the phone, 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24-7. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And we have a matching donor who through Christmas says they will match. This is an anonymous donor who says we'll match dollar for dollar everything that our listeners give. So how about that? Now you double everything. Okay, so uh, call now, 833-850-BABY. Let's save these babies' lives. As we talk about homeschooling right now on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And so, uh, John, your take on this and something that Neil was saying, and it's such a great point that Neil made about how he can tell the homeschooled kids because they seem to be actually more socially adept at, at communicating with people of all ages. And this is so true. The anti-homeschooling crowd, John, for the longest time said, oh, you're keeping your kids in a social bubble. They won't socially develop. And it's like, no, it's just the opposite. Uh, I mean, my kids have all been able to interact with adults uh, in ways that a lot of other kids their age weren't able to because most other kids are pretty much surrounded by a bunch of other 10-year-olds, whereas homeschool right. kids are are forced to learn to communicate and adapt with adults, starting with their parents. Yeah, yeah that, that whole analogy of, you know, your kids will not be a socially, you know, acclimated and so on. I don't know where that really even came from. Um, Guys, I'm sorry, maybe it was just a stereotype from some kids that were maybe a little odd back in the day that were homeschooled. And I'm talking, you know, 20 years ago. And, and again, I don't know. I really don't know where that stereotype came from. Mm -hmm. It's the wrong stereotype. I've known tons and tons of homeschool kids. You know, we did not homeschool our kids, but we were very, very involved to Neil's point earlier in everything that they did. And you guys know me. That's just, you know, just kind of the way 
I am, of course, and you know, uh, we've talked a lot about this. And yes, to Neil's point, you have to be super involved no matter what you choose to do with your kids. But whole, Bob, that whole argument of your kids just are not going to be as socially acclimated if you homeschool them. Frankly, it, to your point, it's the opposite. Most homeschooled kids, in fact, the, you know, by and large, the majority of them, because they're out interacting with you and other adults and so on, it's actually opposite. Mm, it really is. Neil, what about the, the salt and light in the schools thing? Because I have heard that for a long time. That, and I've had parents that call into my show and say, you know what, I want my kids in public schools because they're Christians and I want them to, to, to shine the light of Jesus Christ in the schools. And, you know, that's, that's great. But the way that the schools, are, so, they're such a cesspool right now, so many of them are. I can see an adult who's mature in the faith being a teacher in the public schools but these days, it's not even like it was, you know, 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago. These days, I'm just, I'm just not sure that I want to put that on the shoulders of an immature, growing 10-year-old to be the light of Jesus Christ in that shark tank of today's public schools. There's so many nuances to these kind of conversations. Let me just say flat out, um, Light always conquers darkness. It just does. That's a reality. We know it to be true scientifically even, uh, and but definitely spiritually. And we are the light of the world. So on the one hand, you might say, well, if darkness seems to be prevailing in the world today, and particularly in, in schools, maybe it's because there's not enough light there. So on the one hand, you could see how that argument could be made. But you're also talking about impressionable children right. and, and peer pressure and, and indoctrination and all of those kind of things. So that matters. But I, I just want to add this nuance to the conversation because if, if you're a parent who thinks, well, I'll just uh, I'll act like I'm very spiritual and my kids are super spiritual. So I'm going to send them to school to evangelize lost people. They're going to be the light in darkness. But they haven't seen us be the light in darkness. We've never shared Christ with our neighbors. We don't even know our neighbor's name. We haven't bothered to involve ourselves with people who need Jesus. We're not laying ourselves out for the kingdom. We're kind of serving ourselves and hoping that the devil doesn't come and steal our children. Like it, it we've taken a very passive uh, role in our responsibility as parents and as Christians in general. And then we think our kids are going to go into the public schools and uh, and when when the lost i think those are really just platitudes more than anything but for parents who actually live that kind of life i just interviewed a guy the other day 25 years in a row he's a pastor he spent life on the streets uh, in buffalo uh, during thanksgiving week now he's a pastor of a church in the buffalo area but they're very involved in, in reaching the poor the homeless the drug addicted whatever their church is very much a street ministry kind of church they started with 20 people they're at about 200 25 straight years he's done this i've i've been so impressed with his kids i've, I've learned you know whose kids are over the years they're all passionately serving jesus they're following in his footsteps they love the lord they love going homeless with him on the streets and next year they're taking it over it's it, it, this was his final year 25 years he's not sleeping on the streets anymore but they're taking up the mantle they're, why is that because they've seen their dad live it they've seen their mom live it they go to guatemala they go to a mountain in guatemala they share christ there but they they live it in their neighborhood day after day I don't think that they would hesitate for a minute to send their kids into a secular environment, no matter how hostile it was to Christianity, because they've already been in darkness and have seen light win, you know, like that, that they've been able to be an influence for the kingdom. And I'm sure they've taken some dents and dings along the way, but this is a family that lives it. So I'm just saying the argument that you're going to send your kids in to be a witness 
probably sounds very spiritual, but you better be very sure that you're living in it and your kids have seen it in you and that they understand what you're even talking about. Otherwise, your kids will have no idea what you're doing and you're just trying to score Christian points with your friends at church by acting super spiritual. And I think it's a very dangerous precedent unless your kids are actually ready. By the way, I think number one, parents need to protect their kids, but secondarily, they need to prepare them. That's part of parenting, that we prepare them to be the salt and the light of the earth long term. And they, they do need to learn that as kids so that they can live it as adults, but they better be seen it modeled in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And very, very true. Uh, John, I'm curious to get your take on on the perception that some people have about homeschooling that the parents may not really be equipped. It's like, oh, I'm not equipped. I don't have an education level to that. I can't yeah. be a teacher. I don't know trigonometry. I don't know, you know, whatever things along those lines. I have some thoughts about that, and I'm curious to get your take as well about the parents who feel that they are, are not qualified to educate their children. But uh, before before we talk about that, John, one of the things we do want our listeners to do certainly is support Alliance Defending Freedom yep. because they're out there yep. fighting on the front lines for us. They are. And again, folks, you business owners, especially ADF, uh, you can find them at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and they are literally on the front lines fighting for the very things. In a lot of cases, guys, even involving this whole education aspect of things that we're talking about today, protecting even the right of homeschoolers to continue. And I could see that becoming a battle on down the road because they're going to continue to chip away at those things and get to the point to where it's going to be a public school option only or your kid's education doesn't count, for example. That's where folks like ADF will step in and protect our rights to be able to do those things and send your kids wherever you'd like to have them educated. And that's it's extremely important. Again, ADF, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. But Bob, back to your point a moment ago about that fear, which... Again, folks, for those of you that maybe haven't been around homeschooling in a very long time, it, it is, it, guys, it changes every year. It gets better and better and better. The materials, the groups, the, the help that's out, that's out there for each and every one, where if you're not quote unquote a teacher, those fears no longer really should exist, guys. There are so many aids and helps today. It has gotten better and better and better and continues to do that to the point where Christian or not, there's tons of people. Now, I think last year, I want to say in 2022 alone, 8 million parents switched over to the homeschool side of the aisle. And no, they're not all Christian. So this is not just a Christian, non-Christian conversation. These are parents who just want to be more involved in their kids' education, period, and want to see what's done right for them outside of the public school system because they saw a lot through COVID and how bad it was. Right. Well, and, you know, there's a lot of parents out there that, kind of have a misunderstanding about what what homeschooling is really like. You know, they think that, oh, well, I'm going to have to put up a, a big chalkboard in my living Correct. room and then have Correct. a classroom and I'm going to have to spend six hours talking. Uh, no. And it's, it's well, actually really quick, not like Bob, The other misconception is it's six hours. No, really, even if what's – but even – the learning in the public school is probably half of the hours they're actually right. there. So it, the reality really is, is – if you just took four or five hours out of a day and taught your kid, they're getting probably two more hours of education per day than they would get in the public school system. So the reality and is, no, you don't have to educate six to eight hours mm -hmm. a day. I know. And by the way, John, it's not even that much. Homeschooling is – you'd be surprised how much – and this might raise some eyebrows, but I'm just going to say it, okay, as a, as a veteran homeschooling parent of seven kids, okay, you'd be surprised how much of the work – the kids figure out themselves. That's right. Uh, because mom right. and dad, and especially mom, but a lot of this 
is teaching the kids the kids critical thinking skills as well. That's right. So you know what I want you to do? Here's the book. I want you to read chapter yep. one, and I want you to figure it out. And really, you and now some people look at that and go, "Oh, so in other words, you're just dumping it on the kids to teach themselves." Actually, yes, as crazy yeah, as that are. sounds, but <laughs> mom right. and dad, but mom and dad serve as the safety nets and the parameters and the guides, That's right. and so they make sure to help guide them through the learning process. But my kids have critical thinking skills that they've developed, and it's not even homeschooling doesn't have to be just okay. Well, here's the science book. Let's go through this curriculum, and that's part of it. Certainly. But there's other things as well. Like, no, you're there to be the aid to help them learn, but you want them to figure these things out on their own initially. That's right. You know what? You don't teach them to ride a bike by you riding a bike and saying, watch no, me drive, ride no. around. You get on the bike, you ride down the side. I'm going to run alongside you and I'm going to have my hand on your shoulder That's and right. start to fall That's off, right. catch you. But you are going to teach yourself to ride a bike. And in the same way, you are going to teach yourself about history and math. You're going to teach yourself how to do this. And I'm going to be along with you with my hand on your shoulder. That's really what it, you would be amazed how uh, homeschooling is really 90% the kids doing the work themselves, 10% mom or dad looking over the shoulder going, uh uh-huh, And by the okay, way, one of the biggest things questions. we lack, one of the biggest things we lack in society today, Bob, is critical thinking skills. So oh, let's I know. bring that back in this way. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I tell you what, Neil, I can't tell you how many times my kids have, whatever the problem is, I don't care if it's a school problem. I don't care if it's just something as simple as trying to figure out how to get something in their room, a particular shelf right in their room or something that I'm like, no, I'm not going to give you the answer to that because you can figure this out. Yeah. You figure it out and, and you, you force them to do stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, something they're like, I don't I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know. I want you to think about it. OK. And then you come back to me and whatever. And yeah. I give them as little information as possible because I want them to become problem solvers in life. And when they do, they gain confidence and they grow. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to say something about delight directed education. But before I do that, something you just said reminded me of why we partner with Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Advisors. Here's why. Because of the personal responsibility aspect. Like you just, what you were really Mm -hmm. describing there was a child learning how to take responsibility for themselves. And by the way, most kids will learn how to ride a bike when they realize all their friends know how to ride a bike and they don't. You know, at that point, there's incentive involved and they want to get it done. And when a child learns to master something like that, they really um, can move forward in life. Well, regarding finances, Dennis Wilson believes in personal responsibility. He doesn't divorce that from the process of what it means uh, to be a wise financial steward. And so that's part of what he instructs his clients to do. And, and that is learn to, to learn to take responsibility for your financial situation, whatever the economy happens to be. Uh, people can make money in markets that are down and make money when markets are up. It isn't like all one or the other. In fact, the, the most successful investors are the ones who know how to do both, make money whether the market's up or down. And Dennis Wilson has been helping his clients do that for 50 years. He's got tremendous amount of experience to help you grow uh, no matter what you've lost in the last year or gained. Uh, he would love to sit down and talk to you about the future because all of this is not only going to affect you, it's going to affect your children. And if you really care about your children, and that's what we're talking about today, you need to care about the financial future and legacy that you're going to leave behind. So I urge you to give him a call. He's got some tremendous alternative investment opportunities, one of which 
guarantees a return of 13%. I know that sounds unheard of, but you need to give him a call. Find out what he can tell you about that. Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970. Or uh, just go to the CrawfordMediaGroup.net website, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and click on the banner for Wilson Financial Advisors. Uh, real quick, I know we're short on time, but delight-directed education, that's probably an old term. I'm not sure anybody uses it anymore. But one of the other things you really haven't focused on is when you realize a child has a special gift, you can help incorporate that into the homeschool. It's, it's a tremendous flex option in homeschooling because kids will need the reading, writing, and arithmetic stuff. They're going to need the basics. But when all of a sudden you realize your child has a musical gift or an artistic gift or good with their hands, woodworking, whatever, you can begin to incorporate that stuff. And they're getting on-the-job training. They're getting life experience kind of training, pursuing what they love, what they're passionate about. And once, when we get to participate in what we're passionate about, it changes the entire right. equation, right? Oh, so yeah, you can do that good, with homeschooling. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Uh, and listen, folks, as we kind of wind down this podcast, uh, with Wilson Financial, when you get your financial house in order, you know what that does? That gives you the opportunity to be able to help other people in need as well. And one of those ways you hear us talking about is preborn. So don't forget, as we're going into Christmas, take advantage of this anonymous donor matching dollar for dollar everything you give to save babies' lives, folks. We're talking about giving to preborn. You're paying for ultrasound images so that moms will choose life instead of death for their baby. And they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So $28, remember, $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. We're asking you to pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is you put in there, that's your forever legacy of the number of abortions that you stopped this Christmas season. What do you say? That's a one-time gift. Take $28 times fill in the blank. But remember, with matching dollars, whatever number you come up with, you're going to have double that amount of babies' lives that are saved thanks to your gift. So here's how you give. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and you can give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, not a penny for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. If you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer 24-7. Call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Baby, just mentioned National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We do appreciate you folks listening to this podcast. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. And next week we'll be joined again by Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Guys, great conversation. Always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. You too, Bob. Always. Thanks. You bet. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future.
Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.